Welcome to the Lifestyle First podcast, discussing lifestyle medicine and making self-care as easy as one, two, three. One question, two research reviews, and three actionable health tips, all centered around the Lifestyle First method, your blueprint for the 10 key roots of optimal health and happiness. And now your host, lifestyle medicine physician and coach, Dr. Alka Patel. Hi, hey, and hello. Welcome to Series 8, Episode 5. And the theme that we're focusing on today is S for sleep. And the one question that we're exploring is, how can you adjust your sleep to fit with shift work patterns? Now, to help answer that question, I have with me Dr. Lindsay Browning. Dr. Browning is a chartered psychologist and a neuroscientist, and she is the author of the fantastic book, Navigating Sleeplessness, and also the founder of Trouble Sleeping. So welcome, Lindsay. Really delighted to be speaking to you about sleep today. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you for having me. No problem at all. So um, let's get going. So sleep um, really is the most natural, restorative, regenerating thing that we all do, isn't it? Or maybe I should rephrase that and say are supposed to do, because somehow I think we manage to sacrifice or sabotage and we lose all that synchronicity with our very natural rhythms. Now, your book, you open it with this title to your introduction, which says, you are not alone. So maybe you can start by just telling us how big an issue actually is sleep. Absolutely, it's a, it's a huge issue. So many people aren't getting enough sleep, but the amount of sleep that they need to have. And there's sort of two reasons for that. Uh, one, people just aren't prioritizing it. And that's really common, um, especially historically. Sleep was seen as something weak, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. But if you don't sleep, then you're going to be dead a lot sooner, to be fair. Um, and the other half of well, the other group would be people who, who know sleep's really important for their overall health and well-being. But they just they just can't. No matter how they try, they can't fall asleep or they can't stay asleep or they you know, they sleep during the night. But they keep waking up and they wake up feeling just like they had the worst night's sleep and they feel so tired. So my my job and what I want to do is to a educate people why sleep is important and how much sleep you do need. And secondly, to help people who are really struggling to sleep to be able to fall asleep. Yeah, yeah it is. It's a huge issue, isn't it? We talk about pandemics and epidemics, but sleep certainly is, is an epidemic um, and has been for quite a long time, hasn't it? And as you say, it's that sense of this, we're living in a 24-7 society um, as well. And there are so many sort of external pressures on us um, as well to, to do more and be more and the idea of there never being enough time. So what should I give up? Ah, I'll just give up my sleep, it's okay. Um, but I think, you know, a big group of people, and the reason I wanted to talk about this is because a big group of people that do struggle with sleep are those that work shift patterns. So if you think about the workforce and think about doctors, um, emergency services, like pilots, cab drivers, lorry drivers, even parents of newborns, they're working shift patterns, aren't they, when they're nurturing their little ones. So that's a group that really does struggle with, with sleep. What are the sort of hazards, shall we call them, or the consequences of shift work that you, that you found in your work? Sure. Well, people who um, work shifts tend to sleep significantly less uh, than people who don't wear shifts. Uh, I think it's something like um, they, they lose two hours on average. Uh, please don't quote me on that because I didn't look it up just now. But I think it's something like that, that <clears throat> uh, people who work shifts are, are 
every single day losing out on sleep, um, which obviously has a huge difficulty with their health. But also when people work shifts, it's not just the fact they're not getting enough sleep, but also the, the quality of their sleep. They can start to struggle to fall asleep. They can have issues because they know they have to fall asleep now because they've got to go and wake up at you know, 10 o'clock to go to work. They can really struggle to be able to sleep. And they, they often they'll eat at odd times. So because you're awake during the night, during the night shift, you'll be eating when actually your body and your digestive system is supposed to be not working. We're not really supposed to, we're not designed to digest food in the middle of the night. And yet when you work shifts, you have to eat during the night because that's when you're working your shift. And that can mean that people who uh, work shifts can have a lot of digestive issues. It's very common to have digestive upset because you're eating at the wrong times, basically. Um, and there's yeah loads and loads of evidence to show that working shifts can be very damaging for your health overall. So it's important that people understand the, the potential hazards and that they do something about it. There's lots of things you can do to improve your sleep, even when you are working shifts. Yeah, that sort of idea of rest and digest, which is what we're supposed to do um, when we're in that kind of calmer state, um, as you say, get sort of you get distracted from that when you're working shifts, certainly because your natural rhythms are really not um, not in sync. Um, and yeah, I certainly also see a lot more digestive issues, just stomach upset, ulcers, indigestion, constipation, irritable bowel, uh, which then also connects with some of the stresses associated with, with that shift in sleeping patterns as well. And the stress even on things like relationships um, and uh, that how that then affects your mood uh, because of, of your sleep patterns um, as well. Um, just going back to digestion then, of course, that then links into weight as well, doesn't it? And we know that, uh, again, from quite a lot of research that people who do work shift patterns also have um, issues with increased weight gain and more difficulty losing weight um, as well. Um, but I wonder what the role of perhaps employers is here. Do you think there's a role for the working environment in terms of supporting shift workers, particularly in that area of, of digestion and weight gain and connection to food and eating? Definitely. So I do a lot of work with different companies who have employees who do shifts and providing good quality food during night shift is really important because if you're, if you're working in the utility company or you're working you know, in, a, in a call centre or when you're manning operations during the night, Often the only food that you can get is from a vending machine or if you're out driving out and about, you're an ambulance driver, you know, the petrol station, when they're not, you know, completely stopped with people who, who are struggling to get petrol in the current crisis. But um, the things that you can buy in a petrol station are chocolate bars or they're, um, they're pastries or they're just, they're not good quality, healthy foods. And that's really, really difficult. So employers can provide, if possible, healthy eating, um, you know, have complex carbohydrate is a brilliant thing to have when you are um, during the night shift because it gives you slow release energy. So you know, rather than just chocolate bars in the vending machine, maybe have um, flapjacks or you know, the slow release carbohydrate foods, fresh fruit, maybe just provide a bowl of fresh fruit in the, in the overnight office because that's gonna be really helpful. And water. Keeping hydrated with water is really, really important. And just also some education, you know, just something as simple as a, as a PDF sent out to your employees, just giving some basics of, of how best to manage your, your sleep and your lifestyle whilst doing shifts would be really helpful as well. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. There's, it's, it's, there is responsibility, isn't there? There's responsibility on employers' part and there's responsibility for the employee um, as well. Um, and it does need that organisational change, that change in culture, doesn't it? I mean, I look back to my days as a, as a junior doctor and, you know, in hospitals, the canteens are probably the worst example of healthy food that you can you can imagine. And this is in a caring environment where we're supposed to be caring for, for the nation, really. Um, so there is a real kind of um, disconnect there, isn't there? Um, and I think you're absolutely right. If we can start to get these messages out about how important um, this is, just in terms of maintaining the health of your workforce, it's every organization's responsibility, isn't it, as well? So, um, yeah. Um, so what about then shifting perhaps to the individual there you are you've done your night shift you're on your way way home how can you back to that initial question how can you start to resync your sleeping patterns with your with your shift work what are some of the things that, that we can do sure we have a thing called our circadian rhythm which helps us to be awake during the day and produce melatonin and be sleepy at night and naturally if we are in the uk then our circadian rhythm is in a particular time zone and you might have realized if you've gone abroad, you go to America, you go to Asia, your circadian rhythm is in the different time zone from the country that you visited. And then you'll feel sleepy when it, everyone else is, is getting up for the morning. When you're working shifts, it's almost like you've taken yourself to another country, to Australia, and you're in a completely different time zone. Now, what regulates our circadian rhythm, how we can tweak it is primarily through light. And our body is designed that when we see light, our brains, <clears throat> we have a separate neural pathway. The eyes can see vision, so we can, you can see me now, but also have a separate neural pathway whose sole job is to measure light levels throughout the day. And when we see the most light or the most lux of the day, our body says, ah, it's the middle of the day, we should be really awake right now, and we should not produce any melatonin, and we should do that later. Mm. That's how it's supposed to work, and that's great. But when you're working shifts, your body is not in the same time zone as the natural daylight. So when you're driving home after a night shift, it's likely that the sun is coming up or the sun is up already. And you're seeing a lot of bright light. Maybe you're working, you're walking to the bus stop or you're driving home. You're flooding your eyes with loads of bright light, which is telling your brain, hey, look, it's really light. It's, it's the middle of the day. Look how early it is. We need to wake up. And your body is going to actively stop producing melatonin, which is going to make sleep harder. So it's really important to just wear shades. It's the easiest thing in the world. Wear sunglasses on the way home. If you are in a, um, if you're a pilot and or your your airplane air, 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 airplane crew, then um, put the blinds down on the on the bus to the hotel. Just get keep yourself as dark as possible before you get home to go to bed, because that's going to help your brain know that it's nighttime your nighttime um, and invest in some really good curtains maybe an eye mask and some earplugs just to keep all those um, distraction vision and noise away which is easy when you're going to bed at a normal time 10 11 o'clock at night but when it's the schools are going the kids are going to school there's a sort of noise it can be really hard to sleep um, and also I would suggest having something to eat just before you go to sleep so that you don't wake up hungry after a, a few hours so have a little bit of food, um, a little bit of uh, drink of water, <clears throat> keep your room really dark and go to sleep. And another thing that's quite important about shift work is that we don't have to sleep in one block. I mean, the whole 
adults should get statistically between seven and nine hours sleep in a 24 hour period. That doesn't have to be in one block. And it's really important for shift workers because maybe you get home and you have a four hour sleep and then you get up maybe to go and do the shopping or see to the kids or do something like that. And then you could have another block of sleep before your next shift. So as long as you're getting ideally seven to nine hours sleep in a 24 hour period, it doesn't have to be in one block. So that's a, a really useful tip as well. Great. Gosh, that's, uh, there's lots of tips in there, aren't there? Um, but highlighting the importance of light um, is really, really important, isn't it? And I probably don't see lots of people wearing shades in, in, on the way home from, from night work. And it's it a simple thing. And, and they should, shouldn't they? It's so, so important to just allow your brain to recognise that uh, the difference between night and day. Um, and do you think there's a bit of a flip side to that? So again, back to kind of what employers could be doing as well is making sure that the environment is really bright. Your working environment is really bright so that when you're working, there's the brightness. And when you leave work, you can really notice the difference between the light and, and the dark because it's that difference as well that the brain needs to clock, isn't it? Yeah. So if you're working a night shift, say, um, that's difficult because just normal overhead indoor lighting doesn't have the brightness that we need to, to sort of trigger our brains to know that it's, it's bright sunshine. So you can get things like SAD lamps or artificial bright light sources. Um, even some companies that I work with install um, lighting that, that gets increasingly bright during the middle of the shift and then starts to diminish again. And that, you know, that's really brilliant. Mm. So if you can have really bright light in the middle of your shift, that will help you to be really, really alert. Um, so if you do have the ability to stick a, an SAD lamp on, which has some bright artificial light in the middle of your shift, that's going to really increase your alertness. Um, and then you can turn that off and mimic the, the sun setting and mimic the, the increase in darkness towards the evening. Great. Yeah, there's gadgets and things that can help um, help with that um, as well, aren't there? So. Um, so there's a bit of an interesting concept there, because, again, when you think about shift work, many of us um, do shift work that doesn't feel very natural. But there are also some very natural morning larks and night owls, aren't there, in terms of back to what you're talking about, our, our circadian rhythms and our kind of natural tendencies. Do you see that there is a place now that we're sort of very much also working from home? There's a lot of hybrid working, even with, with shift work as well. Do you think there's a place for employers to know the natural patterns of their employees or for us as individuals to know and really then kind of zone in our patterns of work to what is very natural to to our rhythms i would love to see a time when 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 that actually happened because you're getting the best productivity out of yourself you're getting the best feel good out of your working day as well what are your views i'd love to know yeah definitely so larks and owls so larks are people who generally tend to wake up early and they feel really ready to go uh, but then they start to feel sleepy quite early in the evening and they'll want to go to bed early owls are the opposite they're the ones who struggle to get out of bed in the morning but then come the evening they're on fire they're really full of energy and going to bed they don't want to go to bed they want to stay up late now generally owls tend to not get as much sleep as larks because society um, up until this point, has been geared up for larks. You know, the nine to five society is is brilliant for larks because they get up and they go to work and they, and they go home and go to bed. But owls, they can really struggle. 
But with the COVID crisis and working from home and flexible working, it's really changed that. So it means that larks, they can even start work even earlier. But whereas owls, they can maybe start work at 10 or 11 or even later, and they can work until the evening when they're feeling full of productivity, full of alertness, their best, um, without having to drag themselves out of bed at six, seven to get the train to, to work. So if you are someone who is really feeling like you're a lark, it's a really good idea to get your really difficult tasks of the day first thing in the morning when you're feeling your most alertness. But whereas for owls, and I'm, I'm a massive owl personally, you know, the thought of doing something really taxing first thing in the morning is just like hell to me. You know, so therefore owls do the really easy stuff first thing in the morning. And as the afternoon, even evening comes along when you're feeling really alert, that's when you can tackle those really difficult tax returns and the stuff that you, you need to use your brain for. Yeah, I love that. The idea of just being aware of your own style and knowing your own productivity peaks. I think that's so important, isn't it? And, and probably also worthy of conversation with your, with your managers or with your employers. If you are really struggling um, with your work, it may be as something as natural as your natural rhythm uh, that's playing a part in that. And just to have that very open conversation with your employers to suggest that perhaps you do start work later and can work later. Um, perhaps meetings are held at, at different times because you're right, that societal nine to five um, really kind of excludes, it's almost 30% of the population that are, are night owls like, like yourself, isn't it? So and that's a significant uh, burden, I think, for, for a lot of people, especially when you consider the long-term effect of having less sleep because society deems that uh, that night owls need to, need to conform and all those mm -hmm. effects on sort of cognitive performance and memory later on as well as things like we know heart disease and and diabetes um etc so um yeah i think that's uh, that's so important thank you for uh, for highlighting i think you know it's I, I find it important to think about evolutionarily there's a reason there's a good reason that we have larks and owls because when we were cavemen we needed to have people to guard the cave throughout the night so you need people who get up really early and then you need people who go to bed very late so that there's always someone watching. So if you are an owl, don't feel bad. You know, we're playing a really important role in society, yeah. even if it doesn't feel like that. Yeah, no, absolutely love that. You know, stand guard at, guard at the cave. And we are a 24-7 world now, aren't we? So even more important to kind of recognise your, your place in that, whether that's night, day or, or something in between. Um, I think finally, Lindsay, could you just give a little bit of um, support for parents um, out there um, who have what well, probably are with newborns, with little ones, perhaps working some kind of shift in terms of it's not their own rhythms that they're tuning into, but it's the rhythms of their, of their new baby. And again, when you think again about long-term effects on, on health, a lot of parents can be really worried about their own health going forward if they aren't able to, to sleep well. Do you have any advice for parents with young babies? Yeah, the first thing I would say is that when you're a new parent, you're probably not going to be getting seven to nine hours sleep in a 24-hour period, which is what you should be getting to be really healthy. However, if it was that black and white, that bad to not get enough sleep, and then instantly you'll have all these terrible health benefit, health problems, then every new parent on the planet will be doomed. You know, most of us on the planet have at one point in time been a new parent. So just cut yourself a bit of slack would be my first thing to say. Secondly, yes, if you want to try and catch up on some sleep, have a nap. You know, naps can be your excellent friend. There is nothing wrong with having a nap if you're not getting enough sleep during the night, 
because you're being woken up by a baby or woken up by an elderly relative with dementia or the roof just collapsed in the middle of the night. There are loads of reasons that you aren't getting enough sleep during the night, in which case take a nap. And you know, as I said, with the shift work thing, you don't have to get the seven to nine hours in one block. You can you know, take it in turns. To maybe if you have a young baby with your partner and yourself, if you have a partner, one of you go to bed early, the other one puts the baby to bed, and then the other one does the early shift so that you're sort of taking a tag team approach so that you both are getting enough sleep. Yeah, thank you. That's I really appreciate that. Just it's okay. Just take the pressure off a bit. It's it's okay. There's the longer term consequences are not going to be there because you've had a, a rough year with your with your newborn getting them, them settled, right? So that's so important. And now here is your lifestyle first prescription. Your three activating actions to take you from knowing to doing three actions that our listeners can take to really help to adjust uh, sleep patterns to fit with shift work patterns back to that original question what can what can people do yeah sure I think you know, as we said being aware of lighting is really important so if you are working night shifts just before your shift make sure that you've got all the lights on you know during the shift try and get as much light exposure as you can and then as the shift ends decrease that lighting that is really really important Take a proprolactic nap before work. So that means just before you go to your night shift, like an hour and a half before, take a little top up nap just to top up that bit of sleep so that when you're on your shift, your sleep drive, your need for sleep isn't as big as it would have been. So just topping up that sleep through the day is really, really helpful. And also talk to your family realistically about the demands of shift work because I see so many people working shifts who are trying to do everything. They're working a night shift and also taking the children to school, also going into school to help their child with their reading for an hour, picking the kids up from school, doing some shopping and just not prioritizing their sleep. So talk to your family, get help them to understand that you do need sometimes to not attend that, that you know, the reading with the child or maybe you might, you might miss um, a sports day because you do need to sleep during the day and that that's not you being lazy that's you taking the biological need of needing sleep so that you can be your best during the night Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Those are three really, really important and relatively easy to implement actions, I think, particularly the idea of light and uh, and get those shades on. Right. That's that's absolutely great. Thank you. Um, I'm sure people will have more questions, perhaps want to find out more about your own work um, and even reach out for some support for themselves. So uh, what's the best place to find you, Lindsay? Sure. My, my website is troublesleeping.co.uk and I'm on um, all social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, at Dr. Browning Sleep. That's at Dr. Browning Sleep. And I've got a, a monthly newsletter you can sign up for. Um, and you'll see you can read my book. Wonderful. Thank you. Yes, I certainly would recommend your book uh, book to everybody listening today. Um, and I'll put all those links up um, on the uh, notes as well for everybody to, to be able to stay in touch. So thank you so much, Lindsay. You've been really insightful and very, very helpful. Fantastic tips. Thank you so much, which simply leaves me to wish everybody a happy, healthy day. Thanks for joining us on the Lifestyle First podcast, making self-care as easy as one, two, three. Don't forget to subscribe and share. And we'd love it if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. To learn more or to arrange a consultation, please visit www.dralkapatel.com. 
See you next time.